Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M-I-P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Get woke. Folks, we've been talking more and more about reparations, and we must. Big hearing, February 17th, at the House Judiciary Committee. A groundbreaking hearing, in fact even forced the Biden administration to say they support a study, but stopped just short of saying that he would, the, the White House would support legislation. And so we've got to see where that, uh, where that's going to, where that's going to lead us and stay on top of this. So who better to talk to about this than the organization that has been leading the fight for reparations most recently and for really the most consistent and longest period of time, picking up from where Callie House and Queen Mother Moore left off. It is, we've heard this term legacy groups and legacy organizations. This is the legacy organization when it comes to reparations, the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America, in COBRA, they have male and female leadership, co-leadership. And so its male chair joins us here on MIP today, the national male chair, national co-chair, our dear brother, Cam Howard. Cam, how are you, brother? I'm good, brother Massimella. It's a pleasure, brother. And Always so- a pleasure to tell, talk to you. And it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on um, uh, the hearing. This is, I guess, the, the, the second hearing, so to speak. And, you know, there was a hearing on Juneteenth of last year. But did you find this hearing on uh, this most recent hearing to be even more significant? I did find it more significant for a couple of reasons. One, because it's, it's so early in, the, in this new congressional session. 
uh, to be, you know, two months into this congressional session and we have a hearing on this legislation. And um, so that's very, very important. The second thing is that it allowed us to capitalize on bringing in a new democratic leadership into the reins of, of the federal government with the presidency, with the Senate, et cetera. It allowed us to give a statement, a quick, concise, clear, and cogent statement on what we intend to do and what we intend to expect from this from this new uh, government. Well, you're right, Cam, and, and that's that's very, very important. And it was early. What's next? Now that we've had a he- hearing on H.R. 40, what's next? we got to try to move toward a markup, don't we? Yeah, so the ultimate goal, Brother Massimello, is to have this bill passed in the full House of Representatives and then push it over to the Senate side and, and make that happen and then take it to the president in that order, or we may have to shift. And many of us are thinking about shifting, but in the House side, the order is hearing, markup, which is the preparation for a judiciary vote in the Judiciary Committee, and then from that point to a full House floor for a vote. So right now we've shipped it, we've had this hearing, we're getting more co-sponsors on, we want more co-sponsors, as many more as we can get on, on the way to the markup, on the way to the full Judiciary Committee, weighing in on this, debating it, Republicans, Democrats, offering any amendments. If there's going to be any amendments, we, we hope that it is approved the way it is. But after that debate, then there'll be a vote, full vote in judiciary. And then we know that we have the votes in the Democratic and the judiciary to have it passed out of judiciary and then move it to the floor. How many co-sponsors does H.R. 40 have now, right now, Cam? Right now, you know, it has 167. We ended the last congressional session with 173. Again, we're in the first two months, like less than uh, 60 days within this new congressional session. We're almost up at that same number. We got a tremendous amount of boost. Last congressional session, right after the hearing, leading up and right after the hearing, we expect another boost in these next coming days and weeks after having this uh, hearing. And so we'll see that we'll be at that 173 and past that 173 mark pretty soon. However, we need 218 votes. So even if we reach the same number of co-sponsors as we did last year, we still need additional votes on the floor to pass this bill. And so we're saying we have maybe a two-week period, three-week period. Before the markup, we have to intensify efforts to get as many more co-sponsors signed on to the bill as possible. And hopefully we can get one or two Republicans, but certainly we want to push for full Democratic support, Democratic Party support. You feel confident that we can get more on. I mean, after all, what happened at the hearing, there was a lot of press and there really wasn't any controversial press. There wasn't even really negative press. I mean, I don't there's really not anywhere else to go with this. That has a lot to do with the the moment we live in. I mean, we're not it's not the summer of 2020 anymore. But I mean, America, because of the summer of 2020, is still kind of in this moment, I guess, of racial reckoning. That helps, doesn't it? That definitely helps. I think the fact that there was no negative press is because the opposition that was put up in the hearing, the two brothers, Herschel Walker and Brother Elder, no one is is in step with, with their thinking because they're exceptional. They made it. Everybody else should make it. I mean, the, the entire society has moved away from that. The entire society is moving to the understanding that there have been structural impediments for 400 years put in place in our community to stop us from all of us being able to actualize our talents, our skills, our intellect, et cetera. And just because a few made it through 
you know, uh, does not mean that the same opportunity exists for all of us. And also, the greatest society is also coming to realize that a debt is old and it must be paid in some form. And so I don't think we got any negative press and we won't get any negative press because the arguments that they were, that the opposition presented have been defeated a long time ago. In fact, some of what they said may actually help because it was so ridiculous. They couldn't even get any negative press on the, the hearing because it was too embarrassing to quote some of what they said. Let's listen to something Herschel Walker said, Cam, and I'm going to get you to respond to it on the other side. Reparation is only feeding you for a day. It's removing the sign of for whites only, replacing the sign for no education here. Black Americans asking for a hand up, not a hand out. If reparation is a free, is a fee or a correction for a terrible sin of slave owners, government and others, but we punish the non-guilty party, if it's, is it not creating division or separation with different races? I feel it continues to let us know we're still African-American rather than just American. Reparation or atonement is outside the teaching of Jesus Christ, who you are teaching, who will not be teaching the word of God. So I speak back. All right. Herschel Walker, what's, what's your reaction, Cam Howard, to what you just there heard? Was, yeah, there were so many things in that that were totally untrue, just factually untrue. Uh, but more so than that, you know, and, and those of us in the Cobra say we've all been injured in some type of way by the system of white supremacy domination, by the trauma that we've inherited, by, you know, the miseducation we've, we've been subjected to, by the ongoing attack on our images. So we've all been injured. And that brother really indicated, you know, the level of injury that he's suffering from. And unfortunately, he believes that he's well. First of all, the Bible is full of examples of, of reparations. In fact, we just got several Jewish denominations to quote extensive passages in the Bible in support of H.R. 40, in support of reparations. So that's just patently untrue. I mean, it was just so much there that, you know, just shows the brother's lack of knowledge of history and the injury that he suffers from. And an example of segregated education. I mean, yes. if anything, it, it makes the case of, of what he has missed and what he has been missing and, exactly. and others who think like him. And so, again, I mean, that, that's not it, I, in some degree, I think it helped. I mean, I heard from people who maybe have been apathetic about it. People saying, oh, my God, I mean, this is what yeah. this is the, the, the best that can be mustered. Let's talk a little bit about Encobra. Talk to our audience a little bit about the history of Encobra and how Encobra became the leading organization on reparations. Encobra was founded in 1987 prior to the Japanese commission bill that was formed. We had just known, the Black community had known, you know, many of our organizations were pushing for repair in some type of way. The Nation of Islam, Marcus Garvey Pryor, the Black Panther Party had it in their platform in the 60s. As you know, my brother in Detroit laid out a $500 million plan in his manifesto, James Foreman. And after all those things that were taking place, or as those things were taking place, the Republic of New Africa also had a reparations plan. And one of the founders of the Republic of New Africa, Dr. Imario Badeli, stated that there needed to be an organization in this country specifically focused on just reparations. All of these organizations, Black national organizations, had it in their platform, but there was not a organ that was focused only on reparations. And so he called a meeting 
the National Council of Black Lawyers, Republic of New Africa, Malcolm X Movement, and others, Association of uh, Black Social Workers, and a lot of members in the nationalist community and, and non-nationalist community came together in 1987 at a, at a meeting and formed in COBRA with the sole purpose of winning reparations for people of Africans in this country. That is all we do. We define reparations as the process of repairing, healing, and restoring our people who were injured due to our group identity uh, in violation of our fundamental human rights by governments, corporations, institutions, and wealthy families. And so we see reparations as repair, as being made whole by this government, by those other injuring institutions and parties. And so uh, we've been working for 34 years on this issue. Uh, we've had some of the greatest minds in America, Black America, be attached during COBRA from Charles Ogletree, Ajawaja Taro, the list is endless in the nationalist community and even the non Dr. Ron Walters in the non-nationalist community have been uh, members of Lifetime and members of Encobra, leadership of Encobra, and we operate around the country. We have nine commissions that do our work, legislative litigation, education commission, a youth commission that is growing. We have some really talented youth that are coming up, and you'll be seeing more of them who are fighting on the ground and making sure that this message reaches a, a new generation. And when we talk about reparations, this commission would hear proposals and vet those proposals and bring those proposals before the public, even in public hearings, wouldn't it? And that's why there are those who are trying to make singular arguments with this is my reparations proposal. Yeah. This is yeah. the only one that will work. That's kind of misplaced and premature, isn't it? Because that's what this commission would do. Obviously, right. there are dozens of proposals. You and I probably think of some imaginative ideas every day, several times a day. But that would be the purpose of this commission to kind of vet that and go through, a, I guess, a democratic process to figure out what is the best answer. That's exactly right. We wrote the, and COBRA had a large part in, in writing the, the new revised H.R. 40. The, the first H.R. 40 is this, we need to study and determine whether or not there's continued injury. And so we knew from tremendous amount of research, the international community declared that there's continued injury. We did not have, we need to study whether or not there was continued injury. We need to know the extent of the injury and what type of proposals are necessary in each area of injury to eradicate it, to reverse it, to mitigate it, to, to, to clear it up, to clean it up, to repair it. And so that's where this commission is unlike any other commission. And so, yes, there's been lots of conversation around what should be the outcomes of the commission. First, in this grand scheme of our organizing, the first thing we must do is pass the legislation. That's number one. So 90% of our focus is on passing the legislation. 10% is on the commission. 90% is on passing the legislation. As we get closer and closer to that, we can then begin to shift more and more of our attention on the commission. But we wrote the bill with a powerful commission. And as we get to this victory, the commission would be, the, the next work would be populating the commission and making sure the commission does what it's supposed to do. And that is create these type of proposals, what forms of reparations we will receive. And we need a lot of mental contribution, intellectual contribution, not just from one group or one particular uh, scholar. And that's been the beauty of Vincobra. We've always had tons of scholars vetting each other's work, vetting each other's thoughts, uh, empowering and strengthening 
the work. So when we came out with statements, it was not a statement of one or two individuals. It was a statement of the collective thought of our people on a particular issue. And that is what the commission is designed to do. What is the collective thought of the Black America in the issue of criminal justice injury? Not just from the laws, our interactions with the police, but our interaction uh, when brothers and sisters actually go to prison or whatever, making sure that there's you know, a, a legitimate reentry and all. So there's a whole range of things that must take place. And we need to bring the collective uh, uh, knowledge and skill of our, of our people to address each of those areas. And so that's even more than just a check, an individual check, right? Um, yeah. which, which obviously I think we'd agree. I mean, it's very difficult to come up with that dollar figure. But, but yeah. we're talking about, you know, uh, the white middle class, which again, folks, white middle class didn't just pop up magically. Right. Right. It, 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 they, there was an investment to make it so. Sure. And folks just didn't get a piece of cash. I mean, That's they right. got they got long term loans and land and everything and right. stuff that could uh, um, accrue interest. All right. Giving us a check. We go buy a car that depreciates when it, we drive off the lot. So so it's more than a, than just a check, isn't it? I mean, it's more of a, a both and conversation rather than an either or conversation. Right, Cam? Oh, sure. For sure. Uh, Brother Massimella, a check is great. You know, any, we, we all need more liquid resources, liquid assets. Uh, that's great. But, you know, our range of attack on Black life and culture is way beyond just the financial means. We need the resources to fix things, but not the resources necessarily to go in our pocket to fix things. That's two different things. We accept and we fight for compensation because compensation is a component of reparations, but also restitution. The bulk of the redress from this government must go to making us whole as a people education, health, criminal justice, our peoplehood, our culture, as well as uh, the wealth that we, we should have been producing that have not produced because of the uh, impediments and crimes committed against our people. And a check, an individual check in a dwindling American economy affected by COVID too is very different from restitution and long-term investment. In a dwindling economy, everybody's broke. That check, you know, we gonna end up just giving it right back, in a lot of senses, to the economy that has already stolen from us. That's like a, a more modern, sophisticated form of sharecropping, if you ask me. That's exactly right. Let me let me give you an example. If we okay. got five trillion dollars was given to African people in the form of a direct check, without institutions and structures, economic structures in our community, all of that's going to make its way back to white America very quickly. May take a few years, but eventually it's gonna it's gonna leave our community. Right. If you take the thoughts, there was a study by the Citigroup that says if America would have engaged in reparations 20 years ago, it would have added 16 trillion dollars to the economy. 13 trillion of that would have been in the form of business revenue from black businesses. We would have created six million jobs annually for black and, and those six million jobs annually. We know that 80% of black businesses or 80% of employees in black businesses are black workers. That we put every eight out of 10 employees we have, eight of them are black in our businesses. So that means 5 million black jobs would have been created with these 2 million additional businesses that reparations would have provided. And so then if you give people $5 trillion in the check, 
that money is going to recirculate and strengthen the community even more. You don't do one before the other. Hey, peeps. It's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. And that's a good point. I mean, if we want the American economy uh, or any economy to be successful, this also helps. I mean, even from an objective point of view, folks who, who have a problem with it ought to understand that this would be in the best interest of economy and business and everybody. So, you know, this lifting our boat would actually, as usual, historically, lift everybody else's boat. That's right. It would add about four tenths of a percentage point to the GDP every year, which is 13 percent of the GDP, which we're 13 percent of the population. We increase the GDP by 13 percent as well. When we add 13 percent of growth to the GDP for this country as well. So lifting our boat exactly, as you stated, will lift up everyone in this nation. You also have done some of your own research on epigenetics and its impact. Talk to us about that, if you would. Sure. In the mental health field, there's a term called historical trauma. Historical trauma is trauma that happened to a group of people in a particular period of time, for a particular period of time. There's a start date and there's a stop date for historical trauma. Right, first off the top, that part don't apply to us because there's been no stop date for our historical trauma. It started in 1619 and continued. But for the purpose of scientific measurement, historical trauma usually has a start date and a stop date for a group of people. Something very, you know, uh, cataclysmic happened to a people in a particular time. And what historical trauma, what, what science is saying is that that trauma doesn't end with the people who were impacted. It is passed down generationally or it's passed down intergenerationally, meaning it goes to the child. Intergenerationally means it goes then to the grandchild. And transgenerationally meaning it goes more than three generations down. So what science is telling us now is that the historical trauma that we've experienced is transgenerational. It goes beyond three generations to impact us mentally. And then that's called transgenerational transmission of trauma when it impacts us mentally. And then you have what is called transgenerational epigenetic inheritance. That means it, it, it harms us physically. So we have the mental transmission and we have the physical transmission in our genetics. And so what we find out with the transgenerational epigenetic injury, this physical component that we inherited from our ancestors' trauma leads to an attack from the immune system, where the immune system attacks ourselves, it leads to our immune system not performing the way it should and attacking uh, things that come into our body. It leads to premature aging. It leads to us developing all these sicknesses, diabetes, heart attacks, cancers, et cetera, as a result of this historical trauma. And so what we're pushing now is that when you look at the COVID situation, the COVID epidemic that impacted us, that we had pre-existing illnesses, we said, yeah, the pre-existing illnesses is for, from the historical trauma, from the transgeneration epigenetic injury that we've inherited and that all of us inherit at some, at some point because we don't know if it lasts seven generations, six generations, five generations. We know in mice it lasts seven generations, but it has never stopped. 
in our in our context, it was in, through enslavement, 246 years, through Jim Crow, 100 years, post Jim Crow, even today, we're still experiencing trauma. Every time you turn on news, we've been hit with some type of traumatizing image of something happening to our babies, our, our young men and women, our grandparents, our elders. You know, we're constantly being traumatized, re-traumatized uh, by what's going on in this society. And the proof that it's not stopped is that we go on and on without realizing it until someone like you says, you know, you're a victim of trauma. And you stop and think, you know, I am. I'm dealing with that. But but I'm suppressing whatever it is I need to do to deal with that and get treatment for it because we're still living in a country that oppresses us where we have to hustle and scuffle and scrape to survive. That's right. And and that's why yeah. this bill is important too, Cam. You could address this. Right. How this is this is uh uh um cumulative. It didn't just yes, begin sir. and end with slavery. It 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 is for the ongoing harms as well. That's exactly right. And and going back to Herschel Walker, that that's a telling case of transgenerational injury, traumatic injury. He talked about twice. He talked about a grandfather being burnt alive. His mother, you know, talked about a grandfather being burnt alive or an ancestor being burnt alive. He also talked about an ancestor being lynched. Yet he has no feeling of any type of rendering for those crimes committed against his family. That's traumatic. That's trauma. His mother was traumatized, even in telling him that he should not be going out to, to fight these people who did this to your parents. We, we've known in the past that our sisters saved us on the plantation. You know, when they talk about they raise women and love sons because they don't want their sons to be hurt. And so they, 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 they shield them from, you know, make them kind of passive because they know what's waiting for them. And so I think that's what happened to Herschel, you know, and his mother telling this story. That's the type of injury that we suffer that no check can ever address. Not only that, Cam, since you, you brought up that anecdote, and I'm sure you wear this too. Back then, because of racism, we were trained that when we lost a loved one that way or in any kind of mysterious way, you didn't talk about it. You didn't bring it up. You you know, it was suppressed. And and he probably is not even aware of that history, that his reaction handed down was was a reaction that was born out of oppression. So I think he said his mother said, well, you can't pay the people who were killed. I said, but 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 the reason that couldn't happen was because even when they were killed, you did not talk about it because you might be killed, too. You know, uh, uh. And you know you weren't going to receive any justice, so why think why want why look for justice today? Yeah, and I got no. this one child of mine was killed. I can't risk getting another one killed. Killed. That's right. So, that's so the history. yeah, that's the history. So yeah, he it's it, you know um, I guess I'm getting to the point where folk people like Herschel used to make me mad, but but Herschel invoked a lot of tragedy in that hearing. I mean, a lot of people saw it and said this this is was painful. You saw yeah. some a true example. That's why I'm saying it might have helped because right. you saw a true example of someone who was literally damaged. Yeah, exactly. uh, and and even we don't even need to get into right, right. And and we don't e- we don't even get into what he was as a man and an athlete and and the and the commodification of black bodies right. to the point. They didn't give him no education at University of Georgia. That wasn't yeah. what that was. Uh, so, so, but they, they made a make, they made millions of dollars off of it. 
That's right. You know, and 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 so um, th- that's that's important. So, folks, we're going to get ready for this. We want people to to get involved. Cam Howard, we want them to contact their members of Congress. Give give people some marching orders. What they need to be doing. So you first, you want to go to encodedonline.org. There's a tremendous amount of information you, that's there. You want to make yourself aware and knowledgeable to have a, a conversation among anyone out here. Out here is talking about reparations. You want to be knowledgeable of the facts. You want to be knowledgeable on the facts of the bill. We have an HR 40 primer on our website that lays down the rationale for changing the bill, what the bill actually does, and the full copy of the bill is in that in that primer. Uh, you want to go to our IMAP. We have an interactive map on our website. You can click on any state. You'll see some squares. Those squares represent congresspersons in that state, in that district. You click on that square, it'll take you to their web page, their homepage. You scroll down to the bottom of that page. You can find their numbers and you can call them and, and tell them to get on, sign on to HR 40. And also you'll see squares for senators as well. They're color-coded. Blue are for Democratic, red is for Republican. We do have some districts that have large Black populations in these Republican districts, 25, 30%. You want to call those districts, tell those congresspersons also to sign on and get some bipartisan support. But the thing is, the work is not nowhere near over. There's a tremendous amount of work we have to do. The hearing powered us. The hearing may have motivated some, may have angered others. To, to act, but action is what we have to do more of right now. Absolutely. Cam Howard, folks, and CobraOnline.org. And also, let me just say, this is an organization, and I've been saying it more and more. Uh, we need organization. We need to be a part of organization. Uh, tweeting is not an organization, but to be a part of an organized group of people struggling and working. And, and we, history has documented our victories have come from organization, um, not nebulous things, not ad hoc fly by night hashtags. All right. I want to be clear, but has come from organization. We have a reparations bill because of an organization that has been around uh, since 1987. So I encourage some of you to join in COBRA, join the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America, be a part of the movement. Uh, I would also dare say as much respect as I have for the defund movement and the abolish movement, which I agree with, Cam, you know, those slogans and, and initiatives are defense. And when you play in ball, you need offense and defense. That's right. Defund and abolish is defense. That's fine. But reparations is offense. And, and it's making people address the ongoing and current harms of police violence. So so reparations is offense. Folks, we need to play some offense, too. Um, and I would hope that people would abide by that and, and, and join in COBRA. Uh, our, this is our brother, Cam Howard. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to him. We'll be talking more and more. We're going to be focusing more and more on this because in 2021, we're going to get us a reparations bill. We're not going to stop until we get it. We're not gonna, there ain't going to be no excuses. We're going to get us a reparations bill. The time is now. Cam, we appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, Brother Mark. And thank you for all your, your, your hard work as, as, as well. You know, Cam is, is, doesn't get all the credit he deserves, and Cobra does not get all the credit. And Cobra is responsible for the 160, 170-some-odd co-sponsors we have. 
no other organization has done more work than in Cobra to make that happen. So we wanted people to hear and see what Encobra is all about. And folks, please support them. Go to EncobraOnline.org. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Massimo. I appreciate you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.